Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Special. Hey, hello. What's happening, Derek? Not much, man. Just same old, same old. Yeah. Excited. Well, oh, the weather's starting to get really warm, eh? So it's uh, pretty excited about that. I'm heading to Tomogamy this weekend. Oh, are you? Yep. It's going fishing, going nice. relaxing. And it's supposed to be minus one overnight at one <laughs> It's supposed to be raining. Nice and fresh. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> uh, remember we were talking about canoe sails? Yes. I got a canoe sail. Oh, you did get one. Uh, right big on. A 46-inch round right on. canoe sail. So I'm going to give that a whirl, see how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? I think that's about it. And you're going to give her a rip up and... Yeah, we'll see if the... Well, if it's going to be windy and rainy, yeah. mm-hmm. I might as well just, you know, I'll yeah. have my dry suit and everything yeah. on and throw it up on the front of the canoe and see if I can troll really, well, you're really going up fast. With, uh, with one of the French Tamagi guys. Yeah, Mike McHugh. He's, yeah. Uh, we're heading up to... Uh, right on. Al's place. So he'll be able to try it out. Right? Mm-hmm. We'll have a good time. Awesome. Yeah, I'll let you know how it is if I make it back. <laughs> Trolling really fast for trout. Yes. That'll be awesome. <laughs> In the meantime, um, we've been, you know, chit-chatting before we came on to record here. And because as we always do, we have a guest with us this evening. We do. It's very exciting. He's usually on our first episode, our 100th, 200th. 175th. 175. Uh, Was he on the 200? He was. He didn't make it for the 300. Yeah, because we did that up north, Mm -hmm. and he's been lollygagging ever since doing other things. So everybody already knows who it is. But this is 378. Kevin Callan, how you doing, buddy? I thought you were sick of me by now, I tell you. <laughs> well, we just do it for punishment. We get yeah. paid to have you on. People take a collection. Sure, sure. And, and you know what happened? You know, I got my publicist to mail Derek a book, not Sean, because Sean actually bought my book. So mm-hmm. he didn't need but I had to get my publicist to mail uh, uh, Derek uh, the top 70 canoe root book and thinking, hey, this is a great. Like, you know, I told her, the publicist, She's always like, well, what do you got up this, this week? Well, I'm on a podcast. What podcast? Well, these guys are great. These guys are great. And Derek, have you even opened up the package? I did open the package. Because he didn't know what was in it. <laughs> oh, it's a book. And we know Derek's <laughs> track record with books. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really read books. Well, maybe cartoons. Maybe cartoons. Comics, yeah. Is there any pictures in this book? There is. There's lots of pictures. There you go. Now there's maps. There's pictures. And we're going to get right into this book. It's like a lot of pages, too. It's 440 pages. You could use it to hold your door open. You could use it to fight a bear. You could kill somebody with that. Right? Good. But Good. mine is signed. is signed to Hot Sexy Beast. Kevin Callan. <laughs> I did sign that? Did you I did really? sign that. Hot, sexy beast. Thanks for the friendship, Kevin Callan. See, and, and what did Derek? What did Derek get? He got something from the publicist, which means there's no 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 signature. Maybe just a rubber. It's stamp. a rubber yeah, stamp. Exactly. Boom, Kevin Callan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even a stamp. Not even a stamp because you're not a sexy beast. Because <laughs> we were at the uh, canoe symposium, and I picked up one year. Picked up the book there because I knew I was looking for some roots to try. And that's why I just walked up to you. Sign it, hot, sexy beast. And you did. <laughs> did I sign another one? Uh, uh, Peter, uh, Peter Scott was with me. 
But I can't remember okay. what he signed. What you signed in his though? A sexy beast. It's I, it, again. It's a rubber stamp. It's sexy beast. Sexy beast. Sexy beast. Everybody's a sexy beast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have. I do have three main formulas of signature. Uh, Martin Pine asked me about this. Uh, I will say good palling to people I don't really know because what do you say? Yeah. Um, the people I kind of know, I'll say hope to see on the portage because I really do hope to see them on the portage. And then the other one is uh, thanks for the friendship. And that's quite rare um, because I have to be friends with him, right? So, and Pine Martin actually clued in on that. It was really kind of cool. He goes, Kevin, you have a key signature. Went, yeah. I like, uh, I got to say, how Wilson's really a lot better at signing books than I, I do. I think he sits down and really thinks about it, where I'm so hyper that I can't even really, like, I, I have the shakes because I'm really hyper, right? Yeah. Um, uh, high anxiety, whatever. So I don't even know. What I write or what I write, so I, I'm just going to do an X next time. Just an X. See, that's what I figured. I would just so if it was me, I just can you sign my book here? Just I just signature. sign my my signature. Yeah. No, you got to say something. I don't. Yeah, you got to say something. Thanks for spending the money, sucker, Sean. No, sexy beast will get you a long way, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, sexy beast to another, Sean. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> so now I have to get uh, my uh, I have to get my version of the book to you and uh, see what you sign on mine. Well, well, Bill. Well, no, I'm not going <laughs> to sign your book. You haven't read it yet. Bill, Bill Mason. Uh, Bill Mason always had a little cartoon he would draw. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. There you go. See, that's what, that's what I got to do. I'm just going to. This is not a rubber stamp, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever write a book, that's what I'm doing. I gotta, I'm just going to... Nice shirt, Sean. <laughs> It'll never be the same, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, so how are you doing, Kevin? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, going on a canoe trip soon. I'm really quite excited. It's the time of year where I love doing the speaking tour stuff. I love traveling with you guys. Um, but it's done. I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think everyone else is done with it, too. It's time to move on and actually go on a trip instead of talking about it. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm quite excited. I've got one week left. or maybe, I don't know, two weeks left of uh, teaching part-time at the college. Uh, those guys graduate. And they're all they're all going to graduate. In fact, the average mark is ninety seven percent this year. Wow, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. These guys are, are you know they weren't doing well in high school, and I teach them a college credit. And if they pass, they move on, get a high school. And yeah, it was really good. Yeah, really good. Uh, they blew up uh, rock today. Um, <laughs> I, I was I was so proud of them. They were they're they're just like Whoa, this is great, Kevin. I can't believe we're getting a mark for this. <laughs> So it was good. Uh, I do that and I get arrested. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a re- it's really close environment. It's really great. They all got the safety equipment on, and they go, "What do you mean?" Like, yeah, today you're going to blow up a rock with dynamite, and then we're going to have pizza. Okay, sounds like a good day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're signing up for this. Are, course. are they hiring? You know, it's funny. That I, so I took him to, uh, so I teach him ego, ecosystem skills. So it's how to identify trees, plants, whatever. 
but they also identify minerals. And then we, we take them into the drilling blasting program. So they, they, they look at environmental welling, uh, welling, welling, oh my God, drilling, where they drill under the ground and then uh, geothermal, uh, green energy and stuff like that. And my colleagues I, I work with all the time. I, I, I love being in this place. Uh, it's, it's the Sanford Fleming College in Lindsay. I've been there for 35 years. And I know everybody. And I think the students know that too. Because, you know, when you stop and talk to the, the cleaning uh, woman, and I've known her for years, I think the students realize that this is a cool place, that everybody knows everybody. And then we go out there and Big Jim, which is like eight feet tall, he does the directional drilling with them and everything else. And I, I just love these guys. I, I, uh, and the students feed off that. Uh, it, it, a really good environment. It's almost like a bunch of canoeists getting together on a whitewater run, right? We right. all get each other. Yeah, it's the same vibe. And it, it's, it's really good. It's really healthy for these kids to be quite us. I wouldn't say kids, they're adults, but... But yeah, anyway, I'm blabbing. I had a good day today. Well, I, I was watching the videos you posted on your uh, Facebook page of them doing it. And it's like all of a sudden, kaboom! And I'm like, wait a minute! <laughs> I know! I do that for a job. I got paid. I got paid today! Right? Wow! <laughs> awesome! Gotta like that. That's so very, yeah. It's very cool. So what'd you do today? Well, we blew stuff up and celebrated with pizza. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. a win. And you know, the cool thing about it uh, today was uh, I, I've known these uh, these students for for a few months now, and Big Jim said, "Do you know that your teacher is a writer and a canoeist and quite well known in the canoe world?" And they're like, "No," and I went, "And they don't care, Jim. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> you know me as Kevin." And uh, let's not go into that world. I, I, I live two separate lives. I, I, at the college, nobody knows what I really do outside the college. And I, I, I kind of like that. Not, not, I'm not saying it's a negative thing. It's just a personal feeling I have. Mm-hmm. It's really good that I don't have students because their parents said, well, Kevin Callum works there, right? I just went there because, well, I, I know my species. Uh, I'm really good at tree and ID and bird ID. I don't know how to blow things up, so I get my colleagues to do that. <laughs> Well, it's funny because I sent you a question the other day about trees, about the sap. Yeah, the sap. Yeah, the sap. Yeah. It's it's like the National Lampoon's uh, Christmas. Like, sap. It's a lot of sap. Sap. A lot of sap. <laughs> because when you go to Algonquin Park, I've been going through our, um, our, our local forest here with the trails, you know, teaching uh, Athena about the, her recall and stuff like that. Um, and and you start looking for sap and stuff like yeah. that, right? And there's nothing. Like, the trees are clean. Yet you go on a canoe trip to Algonquin Park, yeah. and you can't rub up against a tree without getting covered in gook. Yeah, my I've got a bunch of trees that pour sap. Like, my, uh, my birch was, like, every time I worked under it this spring, I was getting rained on. It wasn't raining out. It was mm-hmm. just that much water coming out of the birch tree. And see, I always knew, like, the pine trees and stuff like that. Like, I mean, there's there's uh, cedars and uh, there's a couple of wild black cherry trees. There's some white pine, eastern white pine. And I know that if, you know, it gets wounded, it's going to yeah, pour out the sap ooze. to cover it and protect itself so bugs aren't getting in and stuff. But, like, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. So either we have great people going through the forest here <laughs> and Algonquin's just being murdered <laughs> by people <laughs> 
or there's something else going on. Yeah, but they do ooze. Not without these ones. Be, without being cut. Our trees are non-oozing. Well, you're you're rural. You're not, I mean, you're uh, you're in town, so they're not as healthy, right? So so you'd think they would be doing something, <laughs> and they're not. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so yeah, so when you're talking, you know, your trees, Kevin. I'm thinking. That's the first guy I'm going to ask this question. Why are the trees here, like, so drier was, than dry? What was the answer? He says exactly what I said. It's like the Kevin, tell us your answer. Are uh, probably being hacked to death. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> well, yeah, you look at that sap oozing, it, it's like blood coming out of a wound, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, so either the, the tree's being hacked by people looking for firewood at the campsite, so therefore it's oozing out. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. Or actually, it's a, an older forest um, that's going through tr- transition, and a lot of disease has kicked in, and therefore open wounds. So, where the forest you're maybe the forest you're walking through is just this perfect wonderland. See, <laughs> that's because I'm just walking through there, oozing happiness. So the trees are happy. <laughs> oh my lord! I'm going to vomit. I'm going to vomit. That makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kevin, let's talk about your new book, Top 70 Canoe Routes of Ontario. Back in 2011, it started with 50. Then in 2018, it went to 60. And now it's 70. Are we going to see like a 80, 90, 100? <laughs> uh, you, first of all, I love your research because you, you, I, I've done, I don't know how many interviews um, the last couple of weeks. And you're the only one that knows when the top 50 came out. See? I didn't even I didn't look it up. Do I, I win? Do I, I win? Have, I have the top 50. 2011, yeah. 2011, 2018, top 60, yeah. So what happened was um, I, I've written a whole bunch of guidebooks. Um, it started off with up the creek, further up the creek, cottage country canoe routes, um, all these other routes. And then that was owned by uh, um, a Boston Mills Press, a very small public, publishing house, which I'm really good friends with still. And then they um, got bought out by a publishing house called Stoddart, which then went bankrupt, and then Firefly bought them out. When that happened, I was on a long canoe trip. I was up in Quetico when all this happened. I didn't know. And this is the the time before spot devices and everything else, right? And so some authors lost their books, or they could purchase the books uh, off off the, the bankruptcy. Um, mine was bought up by the new publisher, but they changed all the names because that that time was a thing called Google search. You imagine Google mm-hmm. search, right? So mm-hmm. Brook Trout and Blackflies, which was my Algonquin book, uh, is now called Paller's Guide to Algonquin, and it's on the fourth edition. They say it's the third edition going on to the fourth, but actually the first edition was Brook Trout and Blackflies, which to me characterizes Algonquin. And um, and I came back and I went, whoa, you changed the name? Or what? Well, Kevin, you weren't around. We had to do this or you would have lost all the books. And I go, well, why was the book changed from Brookshire and Black? You have the original. Look at that. Brookshire and Blackflies. Look at that. Um, and uh, and I get it. Uh, they said, well, Brookshire and Blackflies would not find, uh, uh, nobody would find that in a search for a, a Powder's Guide to Algonquin. So I was upset. I, and actually, I got to say, that the publisher at the time, uh, Boston Mills, even though they were being bought out, people complained. Said, "Why? Well, I, I already have Brookshire and Blackflies, and I just bought Heller's Guide to Algonquin. It's the same book." And they would reimburse those people that complained. There wasn't a oh, lot of okay. people, but that was kind of cool. 
So the transition happened. That was a long time ago, like a really long time ago. And then all of a sudden, Firefly uh, came came to me and said, "Well, how about we do one big book called Top Fifty Canoes of Algonquin?" And that's what publishers do. Like it's like let's do the Rolling Stones best of. Right. Let's do Gordon Lake for best of. Right. So I went, oh, okay. Well, do I have any say in the matter? No, you really don't, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so. So what happened was those other older books are still being reprinted under um, Boston Mills that that Firefly owns, but then Firefly now has the copyright of the other. And then so, of course, they're, um, the owner, he's not a canoeist, he goes, gosh, these, this book is doing really well, Kevin. So let's do Top 60. So they did that. And then that came out, um, but boom. Uh, and I hate talking about it now because we're over it, whatever. I hope we got over it. But when COVID happened, like that book went nuts. Like it sold out big time. And the, the owner actually literally phoned me. I actually never really physically talked to the owner of Firefly. And he goes, I don't understand, but we just sold out of top 60 canoe routes. Like what's going on? I went, do you not understand that everybody's going out canoeing and camping right now? No. Well, you should. Maybe you should. And so he goes, we, we really need to do top 70. And I said, well, I think we should do top 100. Uh, why not? Let's, let's go for it. And he goes, too big of a book, too much, uh, too much money. Let's do top 70, right? So I went, okay, that's fine. So I literally had uh, one year, not meaning one season, to add mm-hmm. to those fruits. And I wanted to add some new stuff. So I thought, okay, well, gosh, um, I wanted to add new roots to it. Uh, and the ch- changing times were the, the canoeists at the time, which is still now the time, we're still in that time, were people that were just starting to go out. and they, Or they're older paddlers like myself, too. They didn't really want to portage a lot. They didn't want to go the far north because they're new Canadians. So... The, the next 10, not all of them, but the majority of them are ones in southwestern Ontario that's not really difficult, uh, and that's why I, I added those. I did d- delete some routes in the top 60 or the top 50 because they were no longer top anymore. The White River up in Lake Superior, it was dammed in a couple places, and, right. uh, and I went to check it out. I, I did the route. They actually reopened the route, um, which is because it was closed for quite a while. Uh, but to me, it was not top at all. And, you know, I, I think people up there said, no, yes, it is. I went, no, it's not. So I took that out and then added places like uh, like Wallaceburg, which is up by Lake St. Clair, which is an incredible place to paddle. It's uh, by the, the Detroit River. There's three rivers that are triangulated, and it's a, it's a waterway trail that the tourism has for you. Nobody even knows that that exists. And, you know, the, the two of the three rivers are aqua blue color. There's the Nith River that flows into the Grand. So I wrote about the Grand, the, the, not the whole Grand, but the, the top section that I, that I like through, going through Paris. And um, and then the Nith coming into it. I wrote about, um, uh, oh, gosh. What, oh, the, um, oh, what's, what's it called? Oh, per, or in Perth, the, the Tay River. Yep. where So it's the, the canal that goes into the Rideau, uh, Rideau River. And you can camp at the Rideau Canal for like five bucks a night. But you start at where the last... Uh, duel was uh, and the grave site's still right there where you start. The guy that lost, he obviously didn't get the girl. The other, <laughs> other guy did. He got married. Um, I talked about the trip I did down the Trent Severn Waterway from Lake Simcoe down to Georgian Bay and you go through what's called the big chute where yeah. you, you go through with the big boats and you got to try this. It's amazing. Here you are in a little canoe and you're with all the big yachts and you're in this railway 
cart that's put up into the sky and rolled over this hill. It's just incredible. So I wrote about that. I wrote about doing eight days along Georgian Bay uh, coastline, which is, I think, wilderness, like uh, two hours from Toronto. It's wilderness. The upper stretch, you know, from Key, Key Inlet to, uh, oh, I forget, uh, oh, half, about halfway along. You won't see anybody. After that, it gets quite busy. But I, I wrote about uh, Queen Elizabeth Wildlands near Minden, um, no, Minden. Uh, about you know that place because I'm pretty darn sure in another year that's going to be an operating park. Uh, I wrote about um, what's the other one? Oh, Wildwood Conservation Area. Uh, one of my past students actually, he was a superintendent of Wildwood Conservation at Cancrown, and he knew a lot of new Canadians were were you know wanting to try this canoe thing, but they're not going to go up to Clarny and Tomogamy. It would terrify them. Yeah. So he opened up a bunch of uh, backcountry sites on their conservation area reservoir. Which, you know, to some people, in fact, a lot of my colleagues were like, Kevin, what the heck are you doing? This is like, um, I went, yeah, but to them, that's a Gonquin. That, that's a stepping stone. Why it's not? Good, yeah, it's a good starting point. Yeah, yeah. And I did include uh, Tomogamy. I, I, I included a full paddle around Lake Tomogamy, visiting the old growth pine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really easy, cool trip to do. Yes, again. is. But when I got it up there, that was one of the most sought-after trips in the early uh, or mid-1990s. Uh, families love that trip. So I wrote that up, and then I um, – the one I, I always forget – or I always say the, the name wrong. Oh, Derek, you know, but it's a lake that's that's east of Lake Tomogamy. Um, anyway, there's a loop through there that I wrote about, and that and that's quite easy. I used to guide through there as well. Wasikina. So I had the one – and to be quite honest, um, and people out there would probably agree with me in my mindset, I went, yeah, I did it. And I, my Lord, I, I remember being on uh, Dennis's um, Canoe Hound show. And, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Marty. Marty, uh, uh, he was kind of teasing me a bit, saying, well, you're old. You don't do a lot of canoeing anymore. And I had just finished writing and documenting all those routes and putting a book out. And he didn't know that. I'm thinking, you know, I, I don't really video every single trip I do. If I did, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get it done. I, I just finished freaking like, look at the good trips I did, but I didn't, <laughs> I, was, I, I was like miffed. I was, yeah, I'm old. Come on. Push the cuss, push the cuss. Let's go. And, uh, but I did all that and, and I, I loved it because it was the old days of, of when I did all the guidebooks all the time where I spent the entire season, which is what I did. Right. I go out and um, I'd even put food barrels uh, of dehydrated food in my, in my vehicle and then finish one trip and then flip the barrels and do another trip, flip the barrels, do another trip. Wow. And that's how I spent my summer. And then I hopefully would go back and still have a part-time job at the college because I always taught part-time. So therefore I got laid off and the way the college works, if you're part-time, you're accepted as a new person the, the moment you start a new contract. Right. So for 35 years, I never knew if I had a job when I came back. Right. I never got benefits, never got a pension, whatever. So, so I would guide and I would write guidebooks. And so it was good to do the top 70. Um, and it was good because it just was on the curve of, you know, COVID where I was like, I'm free. I can do this. And, and I wrote it up and did the maps. The maps probably are the most difficult. Um, cause you know, I, I still write things down. Um, I have a GPS. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not old. Well, I am old, but but I still do it the old way. I'll still paddle the shoreline and mark the campsite and mark it. And yes, also I had to 
redo things uh, in that book. There's a lot of things that changed over the time. The Still River, um, the the Devil Portage, uh, First Nation person has actually marked new portages um, that that you can go around that big, huge, nasty portage. So I had to go up there and try that to see, okay, well, is that doable? And to be quite honest, it, it's still it's difficult. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, and also outfitters have changed. They've retired or they closed down, so I had to do all that. So, But I did it. It was good. And I got to say, I didn't think it would sell um, because it's top 70. So people would say, well, Kevin, I already have your top 50. I have your top 60. Why would I buy the top 70? Well, it, it's a bestseller, and in, in, in literally a month after its release, and I was like, I'm really surprised with that. Now, being all over the media talking about it, it's because there's so many new paddlers out there. Right. They don't even know the top 50 and top 60 exist. Well, see, that, that's my sort of thing is, you know, I'm, I'm thinking there, is, is there much call for this new one with 70 and these new routes and stuff, but... It is a good way of letting paddlers know, hey, you know what? You don't need the 50 and 60. Here's the 70. And it's got some of these easier routes. Uh, one of them's like a day trip, you know. And like you say, with, with uh, Wildwood Conservation Area, if you want to try, you know, sort of semi-backcountry camping before you drive three hours north of Toronto, check this out. You know, it, it's it, – it, you're not going in blind that way and – um, finding out, oh, yeah, I should just stick to day paddling because now I'm three lakes in and I'm not having a good time, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it was kind of cool. Um, uh, because to, to be quite honest, what I wanted to write is a book that Andy and I, my buddy and I, thought of, of uh, portage-less canoe routes in Ontario. <laughs> do those exist? Right? <laughs> yeah, well, they do, actually. I, I made a list. I could easily write a book on it. But the publisher goes, no, no, let's mix it up because you're not all that type. Um, the one book that I want, really wanted to rewrite, in fact, it, it, they actually did say we're out of uh, Lost Canoe Roots. There's no no more. They're all sold out. And try and find that on on eBay without paying a couple hundred dollars. Like it's, I have one copy upstairs and nobody's getting it. Like um, You distract and, but, them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do have that one. It's crazy. Everybody thinks I have all these books. No, I only have one copy. I, I should have got more than one copy. But um, uh, the cool thing about that is that, that there's another phase that's going on that we see, especially on social media, is uh, on YouTube. Is that there, there are a lot of young people doing these lost canoe routes, right? Yeah. Uh, but the publisher is not going to touch that because it's a niche market. So when they say everybody wants it, not everybody. A handful of people want it. So when you talk about the largest publishing company in Canada, they're like, well, how many of these books are, are selling, Kevin? Well, I don't know. You guys know. I don't know anything. But everybody seems to, every day I get a, a, a note sent to me, I, I'm looking for the Lost Canoe book. And they're like, yeah, it's not worth it. Um, and I'm still trying to convince them otherwise. But um, but typical publishing, you know, to be quite honest, is like top 70 and then what I did is I just slipped some uh, some in there, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Some lost roots, right? So mix it all up, and uh, it—I mean, the Still River still is a tough river, right? And um, yeah, and and still like Shapelo Nimbagasenda, like I don't think anybody pals that, and that's still in my top seventy route. I kept that in there, and you know the publisher or editor would say, "Well, nobody does it. Why are we put it there?" And I go, "Because it's a good route. It's, if you ask me what the top seventy canoe routes are, uh, the tighter." 
Yeah, Tadachatapika River. Um, it's all burnt over now, but it will regrow. It's, it's a fantastic trip. So. But you know what? Like when I went to Woodland Caribou, we went through a couple of burn areas, and that actually added to the trip. Number one, it was you know a, a knowledge thing that you're seeing how this happened, what it looks like, how the I force renew themselves, how it's renewing and, itself. Because yeah. you know one of the burns happened <clears throat> a few years earlier, so you're seeing all that stuff coming up now. Uh, one of the burns had just happened the the previous season, so everything was still pretty pretty you know black and and whatnot. Um, I think something like that adds to the trip. And I mean, right we sit down here in Toronto and you're looking at this guy going, it looks kind of hazy, but that's because of all the forest fires up North and stuff like that, which down here, it could be a, a billion miles away. It really doesn't mean anything until you're on a canoe trip like that. And you see this stuff. Yeah, I, I, a couple of things in there was, was, uh, I'm a, I teach in ecology, right? So yeah. when I see a burn, I don't get bored of it. I, I'm, I'm quite intrigued with it, right? Mm-hmm. The other was I remember guiding years ago. I was actually guiding uh, up, up the far north, and there was a, a forest fire. And I, I had a sat phone. Again, there wasn't spots or, or in-reaches at the time, sat phones. And the clients were like, we got to get out of here. Like, we don't want to be here. And I went, actually, they don't come here. The, the rule is in this park, it was Wapakimi, we don't come in to put the fire out because this is part of ecology. So if you want to paddle um, you know, Wabakimi, and there's a fire, too bad for you. Yeah. Uh, right? Because the ecology is more important than the human being, which, to be quite honest, that's a good point. And I remember the clients would go eight nuts on me. Like, this is wrong. This is wrong. The, the government has to come in and get me. I went, yeah, you you already signed the waiver saying that if there's a fire, <laughs> that, that that's what the whole landscape's all about. It's all about fire up here. Yeah. And never, no, none of them ever agreed to me. They, they just said, we insist on being removed from this disaster. We will remove you once the fire is done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One way or the other. Yeah. So I I looked through your book here. I, I started looking. I, unlike Derek, I actually did read your book. It's, it's, all, it's all creased. The back, the spine is all cracked and, and everything. At the front of the book is a map of Ontario and all your with all the locations of your routes. There's little circles with numbers in them uh, from 1 to 70. Um, if you draw a line from Wawa, Ontario, straight across to Temiskaming Shores, which is on the Ontario-Quebec border, I would say 58 of the 70 routes are below that line. The rest of them are north, 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 and north. Uh, you know, a day to two days of driving sort of thing. So, you know, uh, some routes well-known, paddled a lot, like you say. Others not so well-known and will require more um, tripping experience if you want to do it safely. I do like in your book that, A, that map is there with all the numbers, so if there's an area you would love to check out, like I've never been around north, just north of North Bay. I can look at all the little numbers. And then over on, uh, on the page opposite the map, you've got it broken into nine different areas of southern, central, eastern Ontario, northern Ontario, northeastern Ontario, Ontario's near north, the cottage country, Algonquin and Tomogamy. So if you know there's some place that you want to check out, like, oh, everybody always 
raves about tomogamy, then you can go through that map and check out those routes that are in tomogamy. And it makes it easier because, of course, uh, you know, it'll say the route and then the page number. So you can go to the page number and check out that route. Uh, routes, like I say, through the book that I've seen are anyway for a, you know, one to two day drive from Toronto. And I, I use Toronto as a starting point because I'm in that area. Uh, the routes range anywhere from a day trip to 10 days, maybe a bit more. Uh, there's a variety, and this is what I like, there's, there's a variety of lake and river travel and some big water paddling like Georgian Bay. I really like that about this book is it's not just, it's not geared towards just the hardcore trippers that have been doing this for 30 years. Yeah, I, I never, I never wrote for for that. To be quite honest, well, I did, but not for the whole thing, and for various reasons. So, I'll go back to the very beginning was my very first book through Boston Mills Press. I'm so lucky that John Dennison at Boston Mills Press actually had me write my first book. I was 27 years old. I wrote a book called Clarny. It was the history of Clarny. Actually, it was my first book. I wrote two books before that. They got turned down, whatever. But um, I, I went and quit my job and lived in Clarny for over a year, and I wrote the history of it and interviewed people. But at the end, the editor said, well, it needs something else. How about you add some places to go in Clarny, like where to hike and where to go where to go canoeing at the very end. And I wrote that in two weeks before the book was about to be printed. It was the last-minute thing. And then that was one of the big kickers of that book. Everybody liked that part. So then they said, okay, well, your second book, uh, how about you write something about canoe routes? So I moved from my hometown, Milton, uh, to actually uh, Peterborough. This is years ago. I, I had a fish and wildlife job up here. And then I, in the office, people were talking about these canoe routes in, in the courses, which is now, of course, Highlands Brooklyn Park, but, but at the time, which was Crown Land. Or at the, at the same time, Mississauga, which is by Paris Sound in Georgian Bay, was Crown Land. People were talking about these Crown Land spots. So I started uh, thinking, hey, that's, that's a good book. So I went to the publisher, John, and I said, well, how about this book? And he goes, so what, what's it called? I went, well, canoe routes, you know, um, in, uh, in southern Ontario or something. He goes, how about Cottage Country Canoe Roots? Because cottagers will buy this book. I went, yeah, yes, they will, which I knew, no, they won't. <laughs> and I went, sure, yeah, okay, because I got a book deal, okay. So it, it became Cottage Country canoe, canoe Roots because they thought cottagers would love it. Well, they were wrong. The, it, the canoeists loved it, right? And now freaking provincial parks are, are formed around all those routes, right? But what was happening at, then, at that time, too, was – now they're like, okay, well, let's expand this, Kevin. You're right. We're wrong. And then I started writing more guidebooks for canoeists because there's not a lot of canoeists. So marketing wasn't that big, but, mm -hmm. but it, it was good enough for them. And they became great pounding friends of mine. Like the whole Boston Mills gang would actually go canoeing with me. It was great. They had a lo lovely time. To the point now that when he retired, John Dennison, which I deep friend of mine, uh, when he left um, his business, the last book was that big, huge, I forget the name of it, the, uh, the Far North book with all the sketches. Wait a minute. I got it right here. I got it. You need to know this book if you don't have it. Oh. Hold on. Hold on. Everybody, hold on. Oh, and he's just <laughs> gone off on a tangent now. <laughs> he's, he's going to find Wait. Derek's next book. Yeah, he's going to really find another book. Oh, that's that really good. I haven't pulled these stories of, of all the interviews. Canoe Atlas of the Little North. That's right. I yeah. have that one. Yeah, you have that This one. is like a $50 book. And, and so what happened was, 
uh, John um, Dennison, he was about to leave his business that he, you know, created. And that was the last book. And, and his, his editor and designer, in fact, I was just talking to them last week. I, I, I had lunch with them. They were like, we remember that. We all thought, thought John was insane because it was a huge book, huge undertaking, massive amount of money for people to buy it. Nobody will ever buy it. And he goes, well, I'm retiring. It's my last book in my publishing world. I'm doing it. So if you think about it, here's a guy that actually didn't think, you know, canoe books would last. And his last book is this massive. It's his, canoe, uh, it's his last Lewis, swan song. Right? He's like, yeah, this is this is what I'm going out on. <laughs> yeah, and that's a true book. I mean, nowadays, whatever, whatever true books are, but that was in the mecca of books. Like people, well, we still like books, but I doubt anybody would ever publish a book like that now mm-hmm. uh, in in the world of publishing. But he did it, and it was successful. It really was. And it, the other the other one was Lost Canary Book. So yeah, sorry, I'm going on attention, but this this is important. So what happened was um, I kept on running a lot of the north routes. And then they would say, well, Kevin, nobody's going up there. I went, so I wrote this book called uh, uh, Powder's Guide to so- Southern Ontario. And it was really well read. And, and then I went to write a book on Quetico. And they said, well, really? Um, and I made a deal with them. I said, let's call it a, a, a Powder's Guide to Quetico and Beyond. And if that book sells really well, then I'll write a book on just northwestern and northeastern tri- canoe trips. Well, Kevin, you know that won't sell. I went, but you owe me, okay? You owe me, okay? Because like, I don't know if you guys, I've said it 10,000 times over, I don't make a lot of money, right? I mean, the, the, I, I make 8% royalty on, on books, right? So so I do it for the canoeing and protection of the wilderness and everything else. So what, what happened was um, I had these certain rules. I went, okay, I want to go. Uh, so if this Quetico book sells really well, I'm going to northwest, northeast. But I also never really wrote a lot about tomogamy, and people would wonder why. The reason why is that, that was Hat Wilson's territory, and I, I admire that man. So, like, you have it. That's that's your place. Kalarni kind of, to me, Qantas is my place. Um, uh, that's where I started, and I always will will be there. Uh, but that's his territory. So we always stay away from everybody's territory and yeah. respect everybody. But Quetico was a freaking amazing, but there's so many other canoers in northwestern Ontario and northeastern Ontario. The problem was, is I lost the bet. The Quetico book was my worst seller, like second worst seller. Uh, Wilderness Pleasures was the worst seller. I've never even paid off my 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 advance on that book. It was <laughs> such a bad seller, even though the media loved it. And even though there's a picture of Andy and I buck naked in it, uh, there is. I am not is. buying that book. <laughs> <laughs> but the Quetico book didn't sell well. The reason why is ninety four percent of Quetico use is American use, but and so they didn't try even try to sell it in the United States, right? They, they try to sell it in Toronto. So I lost the bet, and that book never came to be uh, of the far north, um, right? Which is really interesting. Yeah. Well, it's it's weird because you're. Uh... Brook Trout and Blackfly's book I got off of eBay came from the States. Well, right. So <laughs> there's a lot, a lot of books of yours. If you're looking on eBay, and you're looking secondhand are coming up from the States. Yeah. Uh, Ontario's lost canoe routes. I got that one. Well, you have that book. You better, you know what? Someone's going to rob you tonight because I'm just looking to see if it's signed. Oh, it isn't. It'd be worth at least seven more dollars if it was signed. Seven. <laughs> um, Algonquin Park. 
that was the first one I bought. Well, that that that's my um, second best seller every single year when I get my Again, well, when I do get not signed, yeah. so I could make a set, couple extra bucks on that one. Uh, once around Algonquin. Uh, oh, that one! That one is signed by both you and Andy. There you go. So and that's, that's like, at least that's ten dollars like, more secondhand. <laughs> really? <laughs> that's my first uh, first self published book, actually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I I know I have. I got a big bookshelf with tons of books, and they're not. At one point, they were all by author and stuff like that. Now it's all just willy nilly over there. But I, I I knew I had the Lost Canoe Roots book. I just had to find it. When, if you have the original one, it's only in black and white because the the publishers at the time said, this will never sell. Who would buy a book about lost canoe roots, Kevin? I went, well, I want to save these canoe roots. That's my purpose. And I've written all these other books for you uh, about Southern Ontario and Algonquin. And, and look, like even if we break even, it'd be fine. And it became a really good seller. Mm-hmm. And the majority of those roots aren't lost anymore. In fact, people curse me about Chinacucci saying, you know, it's no longer lost. You, you know, you, you, you wilderness pornographer. I had a, I actually, I had a guy come up to me at the hardware store the other day, him and his wife, and just cursed me up a storm how I destroyed Kawartha Highlands <laughs> by, by writing a book. And I went, and I, you know, I get his, I really do understand his, his frustration because, you know, it was Crown Land, and I did write a book. And I can say that really it wasn't my idea for it to be a come apart. But I, I looked at him, really seriously, I looked at him. I went, are you telling me right now in 2023 that that area that we used to go to 20 years ago would be the same if it was still Crown Land? And he goes, no. And his wife said, I told you. I told you. <laughs> you were wrong. Kevin's right. And I, I get his frustration. But the thing is, is like, I, like, you know, or Chinakushi. Like, when I saw the reason why I wrote about Chinakushi in, in my guidebooks is that I have a background in, in resource management. And when I saw them drilling for gold in the quartzite on uh, Wolf Lake, I knew exactly what they're drilling for. Um, I freaking teach that, right? So I wrote that up 10,000 times over in magazines, in a book, whatever. And I was even told by the, the Minister of Natural Resources at the time, Kevin, don't come up here right now because people were, are very angry with you. I went, good, good. Because like, <laughs> I'm not comparing myself to Sigurd Olson, but when Sigurd Olson actually wrote about Quetico and Ely, Minnesota, the town of, burned an effigy symbol of him in town because he told everybody about this wild area named, named Quetico. Right, so at the end of the day, I don't care anymore. I, I when they're care. burning effigies, you know you've made it. <laughs> <laughs> you are not popular mm. till they're burning you in the town square. <laughs> Man. But I mean, you got yeah. you, you mooned that one guy. Oh yeah, that was good. I, you know, I you know me, I exaggerate stories big time. Uh, but no, I didn't exaggerate that one. That was good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, and then, you know, what's wrong with that? So Clarny Provincial Park is is a wilderness park classification park, mm-hmm. uh, for, and it's not big enough to be under that classification. I mean, there's a certain rule for a wilderness park, but they did make it a wilderness park because it was so unique, but yet it wasn't big enough. So all of a sudden they needed to expand it because, like, hey, like it's – so um, for two years, actually myself – actually Andy helped me a lot. Uh, I paddled up the north end to investigate all – 
the lost canoe routes that were there. So I talked to the trappers and because if you're wearing a uniform, those people aren't going to talk to you. Yeah. Right. So I even talked to the Browns, which were hermits. They really were hermits. They lived there for a long, long time. I went to them and the government couldn't believe I actually got it even to their place. I went, no, I, I lived there. Like, and so they showed me all their old roots and what were good and what were bad. That was the Brown and family. Was, yeah. 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 Um, the uh, uh, Mr. It was, it was him and his, uh, his um, sister. They lived there. And um, yeah, and they had all these documents too about uh, um, oh, what's the mobster, the, the whole um, from, oh, What's well, the mobster? Like never found him. Al Capone? No, no. They they, they had documents uh, in their cabin about him being there and a, a uh, and a German spy during World War Two. Um, oh. oh, what's the mobster? Like bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly, uh, Al Capone. Yeah, something like that. Uh, You're not uh, thinking Al Capone, are you? Yeah, Al Capone. Al Capone used to hang out supposedly at Three Arrows and everything. All that's just a story and. All these photos came out of the, of the shoebox of uh, the Tommy guns behind the cabin and everything else. So, oh my god! And I went back to the government, and they're like, "Do you have their email?" I remember. I'll, I'll never forget that. I never forget coming back fr- from staying at their house or their cabin. I mean, and then sitting down. Actually, really good people, but but government people, and they're like, "Well, well, we'll respond to them." Do you have their email? I went. They're friggin' hermits. <laughs> They're not going to have email. What don't you understand? <laughs> so, uh, so I document all those routes, and uh, one route was um, uh, a, a portage from, I think it was Walker Lake into Panage Lake, and I didn't know if it existed or not. And I'm a trout angler, and my dad taught me really well how to how to know who's lying. So I went to. Um, I'm, I'm not not knocking that he's American, but it it is significant to note that he was American that owned or leased, actually, not owned, leased this uh, uh, fishing camp on the island on Walker Lake. And I phoned him, and I said, do you know if there's a portage between there and Panache Lake? Because that would be a good canoe route. And he goes, doesn't exist? Absolutely not. Which <laughs> so you know it does. It <laughs> yeah. So I went there, and I started uh, paddling up, and this motorboat came out from the island, and it was him. And he said, you're that wilderness pornographer. Like, uh, get off my effing lake. Get off. This is my effing lake. I went, it's not your lake. This is actually a Crownland lake that's huge. And you happen to have an island that you lease to have your clients. I get it that you don't want anybody to come here, or canoeists especially, because you promote these people that it's a remote fly-in access only. I get that. But that's called self-interest. So him and I had a heated discussion because my Irish and Scottish. And and, um, so... I finally said, look, you have your point. I have my point. We're never getting anywhere. So I stood up in the canoe and I mooned him. And I've never done that before in my life. I don't know why I mooned him. Right. And, well, maybe, no, not even high school. Not even high school I did it. So I said, well, this is what I think of your opinion. And I paddled off. And actually, again, I exaggerate stories, but I did do that. And then I wrote a story about it. And it, it, I didn't know this, but it got into the um, Sudbury Times or whatever, but I was up north in Quetico on, on a canoe trip at the time. I didn't know what was going on. And I was gone for a month and a half. And I came back. And, of course, uh, um, my wife at the time said, yeah, you got to call the, the superintendent of Killarney. He's, he's a little miffed. <laughs> <laughs> so I phoned him. And I, John Sallow, I think it was John Sallow's was his name. And John goes, Kevin, what's going on? Do you have anything to do with what's going on? And what's going on? He goes, well, all these canoeists and kayakers are circling the guy's island. 
And uh, Mooney continued it. Him and his clients. I, and I said, I have no recollection of that event. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but if you look at the canoe map, that person. Oh, man. It's great. But, but if, you look, if you look at the canoe route map now, that, in fact, the new map that they actually put out too, especially, all those routes, uh, all those portages and campsites were all marked by Andy and I, uh, volunteered doing that. And, and the Browns help. And the trapper, Ted, I met. Um, really nice people up there. They even said, don't go here because this will be a problem and how about here and this is a historic area too so that was kind of cool um and my publisher at the time again we're really good friends of mine they just let me go with it they're like yeah this sounds good kevin i don't know if we'll sell this but yeah. <laughs> even bad publicity is, is, is good, good publicity, publicity. <laughs> <laughs> so so back to your book for a minute <laughs> yeah sorry Oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, book, yeah the book. Book. oh the book. So <laughs> I got no good memory here. <laughs> yeah, we're we're just gonna sit back and drink a couple of beers and just let Kevin <laughs> let ramble. Kevin talk. <laughs> Welcome to the Rambling Hour with Kevin Callen. <laughs> Remember what happened last time or two times ago? We were at your house for yeah. four hours. Kevin. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, four hours. The memory just came up yesterday on that. On Facebook, Did it really? yeah, it was that. So it was like actually a couple years ago. Then three years ago, to, three years ago yesterday, we were at your house for four hours. There was a <laughs> snowstorm to get up there too. Yes, there was. Yeah, we had a blast. Yeah, and you know what I did? You know what I did a few hours later is I went to Toronto and actually did twenty six yes. interviews on CBC. Yes, yes, all tired. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, I like I say I, I've I've gone through your book. I do like the layout uh, at the beginning. Like you say, there's the Ontario map, so uh, you know, you can check an area that you, you, you've wanted to paddle before and, and you can check out the routes there. Uh, there's a before you go section in the book, uh, right right after the map there. And it says items required by law to have in your canoe and suggestions on clothes, kitchen sets, sleeping gear, packs, etc. So people who are newer to paddling and are thinking, well, let's go check out one of these routes. It's got info in there. That oh hey we we there's a checklist of stuff that we'll want to bring with us. And, I mean if you're going for a day you're not going to need everything but you never know. Uh, I do like the extra map suggestions you have. Uh, suggest obtaining a detailed topographic map of the route you're doing. Uh, and you also list you know you get some of your maps from World of Maps, Toporama, and Map Sherpa. So if you want to get the, the topo maps. Yeah, World of Maps is my go-to. Uh, they're in, based in Ottawa. I mean, yeah. I've met them a couple of times, but I just do everything online. They're, if you were looking for a topo map or any other map, they're, they're the ones to go to. Well, when I was doing the Moose River, that's up to Moose Knee. That's exactly who I, I went to as well. Just uh, called them up and they send you out the maps. And Bob's your uncle. Each route has the same layout uh it has a length of time to do it how many portages if any total distance skill required uh so if it, you know oh this is an easy novice route or this is you need to know some white water stuff uh you need to you know there's some pretty challenging portages that sort of thing see the shows i actually read the book eh? <laughs> <laughs> there's a write-up about the route from when you paddled it 
Uh, there's a map of the route, you know, so you know, okay, here, you know, you're going up this way and this is what the lake looks like that you're on going into these rivers and portaging through here around these falls, stuff like that. Uh, map contains a legend with starts and finishing points, routes to follow, portages and lengths. Uh, if there's any rapids, campsites, rapids and swifts, uh, points of interest of any, such as pictographs, which is always nice to... Because, I mean, yeah, it's great to go out and paddle. Oh, I'm going to follow Kevin's route. But when you see, oh, there's pictographs there, that sort of gives you something... It makes a goal. You have a goal along the way. Right? Yeah. yeah it, it, may, it makes it more, oh, this is a cool one because there's actually stuff to see. Uh, and there's a, an info section with things like longest portage. Uh, fees required if there if there's any alternative access points and routes if any outfitters nearby in case you need one contact info to get more information on the area and again the map info such as topo map numbers and gps coordinates which when you're looking at a route um, all that information really comes into play when you're trying to plan a good route out and you've got it for each route yeah, it was really good to add that. Um, I, I, I got to say, though, too, that when, I, when I've written guidebooks, I always thought that giving all the information go, going from A to B is really important. But I also, I also wrote everything in a storyline, and people wondered why. I went, well, a, a real canoe trip, yes, it's the information from A to B, but what, it's what happened between A and B right. that entices you to go on the trip, like the picture, the, the, the native paintings and, and things like that. So that, I think... Save me because when all of a sudden, you know, online happened, like myccr.com happened and um, Algonquin Adventures happened, whatever, people would say, well, why would we have to buy Kevin's book? All the information is online. And I agree with them. I went, well, there goes my life. I got to move on to something else. But the books kept selling. And I'm, mm -hmm. why? It's because people enjoyed the storyline. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've got my share of trip logs on uh, Algonquin Adventures. And stuff like that and photos and stuff. Because, I mean, that's what people do. Hey, I just did this trip over the, you know, I was out for a week and here's my, my trip log and some pictures and stuff. But I'm not giving them, I'm not showing the maps and portages and Yeah, and it's all more that. of a trip log, dear diary type thing. Yeah. This is what I did on my trip. Yeah. So yours goes above, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. Way above. Above all of that. Yeah. It, it, was, it was also a stretch, too, when I went away from that and started writing just storylines. I, I did a Days But Not Confused book, the small publisher, and the book did well. But I liked it be, because it wasn't a guidebook. And then the Once Around Algonquin, there was some, not a lot, actually, it was a really well-received book. But I did have probably a handful of people saying, negative saying, well, I thought it was a guidebook about the meanest link. I went, no. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then my latest book is my memoir. No, no, it's not a freaking guidebook. It's uh, so, so yeah, it's different. But the guidebooks were totally, totally different. It was kind of cool too with the the, the guidebooks is that um, I had. I remember actually Gary and Jordan McGuffin actually coming up to a show once and say, "Well, gee, Kevin, you can't run that class two on the Minnetowan River. Like that's pretty easy class two. And I went, "Yes, I can. I but I write my guidebooks different." I assume the person doesn't know how to paddle on portage and will tell them that uh, what the information is about. And if they mock me that I couldn't run it, I'm good. But if I tell them they can run it and they run it and they dump that I, I, I always think the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, even Hot Wilson's books, love his, his guidebooks, uh, but my books are different. He's very detailed. He shows every single rap and every single rock, right? And yes. I never did. I, um, so we're totally different, which I think is great that we're totally different that way. So, yeah, I always assume, always assume that the person doesn't know what they're doing. So, <laughs> Well, and nowadays, not to... It's a know, good guess. It is, it is a good <laughs> guess because there's so many new people yes. out there. Yeah. That are going, oh, this looks absolutely fantastic. Let's give it a whirl. They don't know what they're doing yet. Yeah, and you could get yourself in trouble. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, and they go, oh, yeah, Kevin did this route. Well, yeah, we did the route. We didn't realize there was, you know, class four rapids through here. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I remember on the P- Petawa River years ago, uh, we met these guys that had, um, they had uh, wrapped a canoe. And we went to help them, and they refused help. They were furious. We're going to sue the government. We're gonna, once we're out of here, we're going to sue the government. I was like, okay, I'm not sure what's going on. They were, they were following a, a guidebook written by George Drought, uh, which is not the government. He was just a guy that wrote a guidebook on, on the Petawawa. And he did say in that, with maps, saying this is a good introductory river. It was the first uh, rapid um, going from McMadison. Oh, oh, gosh, I forget that. Oh, no. Anyway, the first rapid. And it's a zigzag rapid, and um, they dumped, and and and, uh, and it was all the guidebook's fault. And it wasn't, um, because any logical, well, here's the thing, any logical whitewater paddler would get out and have a look at it. But they were literally reading, when I watched them, they were literally were reading the guidebook while doing the rapid. Oh, wow. Well, and the thing and that then I think of is when, like, say Hap writes a book, Saying here's here's this these rapids, it all depends on what time of year he went there. Exactly what the, what the year was like. Was Spring, it a dry year? Low water season? Yeah, it's there's so you many know. differences. So yeah, it's very complex. It's easier for me to say here's the portage. It's a class two, and then write the storyline that I actually portage it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, you know, if people are ah, you didn't you didn't run the rapids. It's not and about that. I don't care if anybody yeah. calls me like the sissy pants. I don't really care. I I have it doesn't irk me whatsoever. Um, sissy pants because I guarantee <laughs> that that person hasn't. Well, the, seriously, there's a point in my life where I I, I had I, I averaged and I, during my times of writing all the guidebooks, I would average sixty at least sixty nights a year um, on on those routes, and. I can literally look at any video, any YouTube video, and and you you don't talk to my friends. They'll they'll know I have this ability. I'll look at a rock and I'll know that rock. They're like, "How do you know that rock?" I went, "I don't know, but I know exactly the last video. Where was it? Um, oh, um, the guy that went with Joe Joe Robinette. Um, anyway, his last video, uh, I knew exactly where they were, and that yet they didn't say any anything about where they were, right? And Christine, my partner, goes, how do you know that? I went, because I've been out there. I, mm-hmm. I, and not only once did I do one of those routes, I did it three or four times to make things accurate. Like, I paddle it everywhere in Ontario, right? Um, I'm sounding like an old fogey, whatever. But, <laughs> but uh, You are. <laughs> not only are you a sissy pants, you're an old sissy pants. <laughs> an old fogey sissy pants. <laughs> oh, my God. No, you know I just peed myself. I, uh, where's my pens? <laughs> Get the f off my lawn! <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? I don't. I don't do white water. I've never done white water. I've never had the urge to do white water. 
I portage around everything. I made line stuff and whatnot, of course, but I'm in the same boat. Is 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 yeah? I'm I'm going to portage that and not not. Oh, I'm, I'm not saying I'm portage stuff. I, I run whitewater, but I just don't tell everybody that I'm this macho person running the, running the rapids. I, I'll I'll talk. I'll I'll just tell. There's the portage. Yeah. Um, no, you, you talk to Andy, and yeah, I'm I'm the most skittish person in whitewater, but. I remember doing the um, uh, the um, uh, what was the river in Scotland? I did. Uh, oh, oh, spay, Yeah, the Spay River, and you know, I I was kind of apprehensive because Ray Goodwin said, you know, it's a constant white water for five days. And I was like, oh my god! And he saw me do the first run, and he goes, well, you're Canadian, so we have to we have to change that uh, the way you look at it because I edited in way too tight and and all these other things. And I, I didn't do the downstream ferry as well as I should have on that river. But he goes, you're excellent. I go, I don't know what your problem is. I went, well, I just, you know, it's not my cup of tea. Like, mm -hmm. uh, um, a wilderness campsite is more of my cup of tea than actually terrifying myself going down a class three <laughs> rapids. So. Right. And see, that's what I tell everybody is when, you know, I, I've got people that, that, know me outside of the canoeing stuff and like oh do you do all these white water rapids and stuff i said no i prefer to be on the water not in the water <laughs> <laughs> each into their own sort of thing so well, I, I i remember when the uh the tourism ottawa tourism had me doing this contest for something whatever and we they had me doing the the white water rapids um in ottawa you know in a raft with the rafting guys mm -hmm. but they had to film it for tourism for the summer so it was spring so they said kevin we're going to put you in the raft with the the guides and the guides are going to make it look like they're the clients and it, it'll make it look like summer i went but it's not it's like the massive white water is huge yeah yeah you'll be fine you'll be fine and so i'm terrified like like going down the ottawa river in a raft is not my I, we're talking class four ra rapids mm -hmm. right the guides are like they're all young and puffed up, or they're oh, that's right. And the the older guy, uh, he was from New Zealand. We get in there and the cameras are all around us. We're going to film this. Of course, they're all looking at me, especially the older guy. He was like, "Who are you? Like, what, why are you so special? Why are you on, on camera?" And I looked at him and I went, um, "Hey, you're from, you're from New Zealand, right?" And he goes, "Yeah. Do they still eat their own young in New Zealand?" <laughs> <laughs> And he looks at me, he goes, you're in the water today, buddy. You know that. I went, oh, I know that, but I might as well do something for it. So we go down and I got to find some hero I'll put on my social media. I was terrified. And uh, I, I I went down and did the nose enema. Um, and then I went down in the the, um, the churning water, like the uh, washing machine. And I was held down there for a while. And, and I almost died on that trip. And I got out and I go, this is stupid. I'll never... And the, the young guys, oh, I love it. I love it. This is fantastic. I went, no. Because if I was up in the far north of Quebec and I did that, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I would have yeah. portaged around it. All those totally kids are dead now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually, they're not. They're actually really good people. I, I meet them all the time. They're really fantastic people. But that's not my cup of tea. No. Well, and that, that's what I say. Like, I mean, each into your own. I, I mean, we look at Dane Jackson. He just did a 300-foot waterfall or something like that in his kayak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, Nuri, uh, I can't remember her last name. Oh. Uh, she, she's been doing like 100-foot waterfall, 110-foot mm -hmm. waterfalls yeah. and stuff like that. And they go through, what was that movie, Eyes of God? Was it Eyes of God? I can't A couple remember. years back. And that yeah. is like, 
they're doing these things, and, and, and you're just looking at them like, why? Feel your booties. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be over here watching The Simpsons on the telly. <laughs> yeah, not my cup of tea. Cool to watch. Absolutely. But yeah. I'm not going to be the one in the kayak doing that sort of thing, right? But <laughs> uh, So your 70 roots... Are there any that stand out for you more than any others? Ones that you really enjoy and that you like to do again and again or are just special to you? Yeah, there's two I would say. And that's a really tough question because usually I would say the, last the next one. trip I'm going on <laughs> right? is the one I like. Right? And I say that 10,000 times over. Everybody knows that answer anymore. So I will tell you of the, the new ones I put in, my favorite – and I actually had a hard time writing that in the book because I didn't want anybody to know about it. Yes, I know that's because I went on and on about, you know, but it's the West Bay of Lake Nipissing. So if you want to start the French River and do the full French River, you can start off the West Bay of Lake Nipissing and then go down the full French. But I've done that before a few times, actually. But I, I always thought, hey, you know, with the West Bay of Lake Nipissing, the first three days, it's freaking awesome. Like you get into the West Bay, uh, West Bay and it's full of islands that are mm-hmm. all crown land. And then you get out to Lake Nipissing, which actually the average depth is 10 meters or 10 feet, I think. And so it can get rough, but also it can be quite gentle and beautiful. So last year uh, I took um, Tim Foley from Canadian Outdoor Equipment. I took him on on that trip just to rediscover that. And he liked it so much. We we had a great time. He was, this is incredible. And I go, yeah, I'm writing this up for my top seven. He goes, oh, please don't do that. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, it can withstand the, the, the masses for sure. Um, I, I have rules, right? When I write about a place, I, it can withstand the masses. There was one place I never wrote about Cottage County Canoe Roots. There was a place on Nine Mile Lake near Wishago. No, not Wishago. Somewhere, somewhere near Paris Town. I forget. It's some crown land. And there's three campsites. And I, I've gone there before. And there's some landowner disputes, whatever. And people would say, well, why didn't you put that in? I went, well, why would I put in a small lake that has three campsites that has landowner disputes in cottage country in a book that actually is a bestseller that sells thousands of copies? Like, I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I have certain rules uh, to go for. So people can knock me. I get it. I get the frustration again we talked about. But I do have rules about it. It always was a canoe route. Where I got these canoe routes from were, were from the um, – Ontario Canoe Roots from the Minister of Natural Resources book and uh, Nick Nichols' book back in the 70s. And they would actually tell you about a route and then you would write, physically write a letter to the government and they would send you, mail you a pamphlet on that canoe route. So I I started doing that. And then I found out that they stopped some of the pamphlets because they said, well, that's no longer a canoe route. I went, why? Well, because of this, because of that. And I went, it was Kirk Whipper from the the founded Canoe Museum he said, Kevin, I saw you present last night. You're really hyper. You need to focus on something. Mm-hmm. You're going out. You're like squirrel beyond belief. So um, he said, you know, if you can get more people out there and protect these canoe routes, it was his idea. So then I started writing guidebooks to protect those routes that actually were being demolished at the time by, by the Ministry of Natural Resources. And again, I'm not pulling an anti, you know, I'm, I'm not that type of person, but that's exactly what was going on. 
And I, I, the Copco River. I remember the, I remember when I did the Copco River. And this is not long ago uh, when I did the Copco. I, I had the, the Ontario Parks contact me very nicely saying, Kevin, can you not promote this river? We don't have a management plan for it yet. I went, then get one because mm-hmm. I'm paddling the river, writing about it. it, it you know, it, it's, it's, it's a canoe route that you advertise in one of your old pamphlets. Well, you know, we don't really promote that anymore. That's your problem, not my problem. <laughs> because you now promote it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I like, well, for example, in a couple of weeks, I, I head down the Mississippi River in southeastern Ontario. You talk about a nightmare, absolute nightmare uh, on that trip. And I was uh, about to abandon it 10,000 times over because, you know, it, uh, this is a great way uh, to even end this whole conversation. This is a great case study. What happened was I'm always looking for a new canoe route. And people will say, well, gosh, is there any more canoe routes? Absolutely. In Ontario, oh, yeah. we're blessed. Yeah. So what happened was, um, you know, I'm visiting Christine. She lives near Kingston. And I'm doing some traveling, exploring up there. And I, I was Mississippi River. I remember paddling, trying to paddle the Mississippi River back in the mid-90s. I was writing a book called Powder's Guide to Ontario, up the creek, actually. And I went to do that, and the second portage, there was a landowner that actually had the portage, which was 30 meters um, around uh, around the rapid by the, by the road with barbed wire to your ankles. It wasn't just barbed wire. Like, it, it was a trap, and big signs up saying no trespassing, trespassers will be injured, and a bunch of weird crap. So I went up to the guy's lane because I'm thinking, well, I'm writing a guidebook. I better talk to this guy. Oh, he went nuts on me. I was like, the hell? So I, I contacted the Conservation Authority because I was following a, a, a pamphlet that was on the Conservation Authority's website that still is on their website. And they're like, yeah, well, he owns that portage. I went, so we suggest that you actually go to the right and portage down the road for a kilometer and a half down a busy road instead of 30 meter yeah. to the left. So I, 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 you know, I abandoned that whole route. So I did the what's called the Crotch Lake Loop, which is a good route. You go down through the Crotch Lake Front, which is now Frontenac, um, North Frontenac Parklands, which was at that time Crownland, which is still Crownland, but now it's so busy, whatever. Yeah, anyway, the Biosphere whatever. or something like that? Uh, the the Biosphere is near that. That's kind of cool. Go get a sleeping bag and sleep on a rock there one night. That, that's really neat. That's a neat thing. Yeah. And I and I don't do drugs, Sean, but I, if I did drugs, that's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, I, I, anyway, to, to end this whole thing with the Mississippi is that um, nobody is used to someone trying to do the whole entire river. So when I went to do the entire river and I started contacting people about it, they're all confused. They're like, well, everybody does it as a day trip because there's a lot, a lot of landowner disputes on the portages. I went, well, it's that an ethical water act. Like, it's, it's an illegal act we have in Canada. Like, I don't get that. Well, no, they do own it. I went, well, they don't own the riverbed. Like, I can understand that, that actually maybe the dams have raised the water level, so therefore the old portage is really not where the portage is anymore. I understand that someone messed up and actually bought this land where the portage is, and they get upset with all these yahoos camping on them. And they, I, I understand that. But, I went, but it is the first document, this is cool, the first documented recreational canoe trip in Ontario ever in 1942. So you're telling a canoe guide person that actually has 20 books out, is 60 years old, that I can't paddle that river? Um, I'm doing that river. <laughs> I'm doing it. Because if it was the first recreational canoe route documented in Ontario, then I contact the First Nations people, and that was interesting. Like, well, do you also know that it's thousands of years old, and it was not Mississippi River. It was called Missinaugee River, which is pictured water. 
which is because I'm going to start at Bon Echo uh, Park, which is all the native paintings. Right. And they right. that, that was a well, it makes sense. It was a really historic waterway because before the loggers and for the settlers, because it went from the Ottawa River up into towards the uh, the, the the Algonquin Dome, right? So. Right. So I'm doing it, and I, I drove it a couple of, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I, I talked to some landowners, and they had no issue. They just said, "Don't be, a, don't just don't be an ass when you're coming through my property." I went, so I, I, I'm not going to be nasty about it, but at the same time, was that I, don't I be an be ass do or don't show? <laughs> oh, you're good, you're right? good, right? Right? That's why I love your show. <laughs> You and Derek are professionals. <laughs> we play one on the radio. <laughs> you, you know what? No, Derek, 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 yes, you yes, know what's yes. going to happen. Yeah, Derek, you know me and you know Sean and you know him and I get together and, and, and chit-chat, whatever, and we're evil. Um, I'm going to have a great trip on this and it will be the last portage where I had enough and I'm going to moon someone because you put that in my head. <laughs> See, it's, my head it's floating around in my head. It's floating around. Everything's going to be fine. In the very last moment of the trip, I go, well, yeah, show my, my butt. And then it's the Sean moment. See? True definition of an influencer. You're welcome. <laughs> We're podcast influencers. So, um, the uh, Nipissing is your first of the, you said, oh, yes, yeah, two. Uh, so the other route that I would do that has always been in that um, that I would do every year if I had a chance would be Chinicoochee Sturgeon River Loop. And so you, you go up the Chinicoochee River, which is between um, Sudbury and North Bay. It's the south end of Tomogamy. So it, when you start off, it looks just like Killarney. It's got the Quartzite Mountains. And then you head up to the north, north end, and you've got the huge old-growth uh, pine of Tomogamy, uh, which is Tomogamy. And then you go into the Sturgeon River, which to me is the big sister of the Spanish. If you've ever been on the Spanish, it's a good introductory river. So the Sturgeon is a bit, bit more of a step up. It's not dangerous. Uh, the, the, the portages are a little rocky, a little hilly, but it, it's not a deadly river. And you do that entire river down, and then you hook up back to where you started on Metogamy or um, wherever uh, I would start at Metogamy. And that's it's a good... You could do it in six days. I wouldn't do it. I would do it in eight days. If you had time, do it in 10 days. But it's a two rivers, beautiful scenery, changing scenery. Not a lot of people do the sturgeon. Right now, Chinakushi, a lot of people are going to now. Yeah. But um, sturgeon, not, not, not so much. And, and who, you know, where can you get a loop where you would not have to shuttle and do two, two rivers? Right. Have you not it's done the sturgeon? I've done Chinakushi and the sturgeon. Yeah. Several times. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, and that's, that's, that's a lot of the things I, I've been looking at is looking to, you know, like in October this year, I've got, I think 11 days I'm going solo trip and I was going to head up Superior Way again because there's a bunch of rivers I'd like to do, but you got to get shuttled up and then you end up at Superior and then you head, you know, to another part of the Superior coastline, get shuttled up. And do like there's the Montreal River, there's the Goulet River, there's the Michipicotin River. I'd love to do, you know, big chunks of those, like for four days or something each. But you, you got to deal with that whole shuttle thing. They're there's, not just yeah. loops, yeah, right? Yeah, and and those rivers are fantastic um, to do. Uh, 
but also the water level drops really quickly up in Superior. Mm-hmm. So, so in rivers, not on the lake. Yeah. So I found the sturgeon, even the Spanish drops really quickly too. So the sturgeon you could do in, well, low water, maybe not. Well, you could still do it. You'd be walking a bit, but, but um, yeah, I love the rivers. I can go on. I, I, I think Quetico is, a, is a just an incredible place to paddle far better than Algonquin. I'd love Algonquin. I'm going there soon. I cannot wait. Um, but Quetico is made for the canoeists. The average portage is 350 meters, 250 meters. Mm-hmm. Average portage in Algonquin is 1,000 meters. Tomogamy uh, is made for the paddler, right? Uh, it's just not as maintain, maintained and operated as much as Quetico. Woodland Caribou, to me, is better than Wabakimi because it's more diverse. Um, I find Wab- I love Wab- Wabakimi, but every lake looks the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Woodland Caribou, not so much, especially the south. Oh, the southwestern um, corner. If you want to catch lake trout, go there and just just spend your entire summer there and put your toe in the water and catch lake trout. Yeah, you know what? And I think the problem, and I, and this is strictly from you know a, a, a Toronto point of view, the problem with woodland caribou and Quetico is they're like a twenty four hour. It's a long drive. Life. Yeah. Now, I mean, if you got somebody to go with, which we've we did to to woodland caribou is. You know, one person drives the other people snoo the other person snoozes, and then so you can do it in twenty four hours. But you know, as long as you're you're doing that switch over, yeah. dude, better be snoozing while I'm driving <laughs> because he's going to be driving next. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I mean, you're you're one one and a half days there off your paddling, one one and a half days back off. So that's three days you're just driving. Yeah, it is. So either you're retired or you're American because uh, 94% of the use up there is American because yeah. they go right across the border. Um, especially Quetico, uh, they got boundary waters, but yeah. they love Quetico more uh, because of, of the scenery. Uh, in fact, the south end of Quetico is, is actually, to me, more scenic than the north end. So I wouldn't suggest what I did. I wrote a piece uh, for a magazine. I went from Ontario across the border to go to Ely and then paddle into Canada. And I said that to the border crossing guy in the U.S. And he goes, yeah, pull over. Like, <laughs> who would do that? <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it is nicer. Uh, so, but what I've also done with that, with Quetico, uh, especially when I was writing the guidebook on Quetico, I was up there more than usual, is I would get a plane from Toronto or Hamilton or Ottawa and fly to Thunder Bay. Then an outfitter will pick you up. And you have all your gear except the canoe, so you just rent a canoe off them, and you're on the water by like two in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Now, right now, maybe I won't do that because the prices of, of of flights. Because, but but back in the day, it was only cost me a hundred bucks to fly to Thunder Bay. So why would I not do that? Well, and that's a heck of a lot cheaper than now. I mean, we had uh, coming back. Was it coming back? We had two two canoes on the roof. But yeah, I mean, if you got two canoes, four guys in a vehicle, you know, you're, the, the the gas money is the same as a flight. You're just the drive time. Time. Yeah, I'm yeah. just thinking. About, I'm, but I'm just thinking about the gas, the, the the actual gas, tooting gas in the vehicle is probably not worth it. Well, that's when we got- the guy that's driving has control over the window locks. <laughs> and you know when all of a sudden he gets this evil <laughs> smile on his face, you know to be prepared. Help! <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so out of all these routes, the 70 routes, is there one that you would provide 
or that you would suggest for new paddlers? Uh, yeah, the Grand, um, the Wallaceburg, actually, um, the Nith, because the section I, I wrote about the Nith, it's in the whitewater stretch that flushes into the Grand. It's the one above that. You actually end the trip where uh, Wayne Gretzky's house uh, was when he grew up. Okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, don't go and knock on the door and, hello. Why? Uh, <laughs> Wayne won't be there. Uh, as far as you know. Yeah. I, I would say even piling around Lake Tamagami. Uh, yeah, there's some some boats and there's some, not, not compared to Muskoka, though, there's some um, uh, houseboats and stuff. But the history of, of Lake Tamagami with the, the kids' camps and the old growth pine that you can go actually go up on, there's trails you can walk, walk around. If you do a six to ten day canoe loop through there, even a figure eight loop, that'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Freaking amazing. Trip. It's just, yeah, it's, is it wilderness? Is it, uh, I'm lost? Um, is it one of those YouTubers where, you know, like, you know, I, I don't think I can go on. Why am I here? Um, that sort of thing. I'm not knocking that at all. I, at all. I, I'm, but I got to say, if, if you don't want to do that, there's tons of places to go. There's even places I haven't written about. Uh, I, I, I wrote about Lake uh, Apatibi River, but I didn't talk about Lake Apatibi. I would love to pal around the perimeter of that. I would love, I, I did write about the North Shore of uh, Lake Nibicon, but I, I would love to, Circumnavigate Now that's not a novice trip. That, that's insanity. This is it's a tough. That takes forever too. Yeah, at least ten days. And there's a lot of campsites up there. You think you could do clip. all of Nipigon in ten days? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was bigger than that. I mean, if you're following the shoreline and everything, there's a lot of little tipsy doodles. There's lots of islands and. Okay, okay, well, 20 days. You and I will do it in 20 days. Yeah. We'll, we'll do it in... Yeah, I need a month off work. <laughs> uh, now, what about... Um, if if somebody's looking for one of your routes in this book, that's going to give paddlers a little bit of everything. Lakes, rivers, scenery, whitewater, solitude, and some challenge. Oh, my lord. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you want challenge in, in, in a very diverse system. We be the Steel River, yeah. But that it's not a tough river trip. I mean, the river itself, the rapids aren't that bad. You can portage around them all. It's not really maintained, but it's the Diablo portage. It really is up a sheer hill. Like you have to raise the canoe up in a rope. Um, oh yeah, I've seen I've seen the pictures of that. Yeah, yeah, but if you look at the the YouTubers have done it, North Scavengers have done it, a bunch of others have done it, and they're they're all like, oh my god, and, and for good reason. It's it's not easy. But when they're done, they're like, wow, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. I would say that the worst part is is actually the end. It, it goes through this meandering section with all these log jams, and depending on the year, sometimes the log jams are open. Sometimes you have to portage around endless log jams. You could get out on the on the logging road. There's a logging road there, and and escape that whole section but then you wouldn't finish the loop i mean if you santoy lake is where you start which is actually you know what i would spend a week on santoy lake freaking awesome you'll get wind blown anywhere like like it's a crazy lake but uh lake superior if you've never been on lake superior even if you camp at lake superior provincial park you know forget canoeing or actually i would actually go to old woman bay I've, i've i've written about doing some trips on superior but the one i didn't write about if you go to old woman bay there's a campsite right at, at the parking spot where everybody goes and stops on the highway to look at it. Just to the left um, 
uh, south down on the beach. There's a yep. campsite there. And you can actually see if anybody's camped there or not. So um, you can go there and camp there, or you can go to the right, and there's a bunch of islands and a cove up there, and there's a bunch of campsites there, which I've never written about. But, um, yeah, Lake Superior. I remember uh, there was a heat wave. Uh, I just met Christine. We were dating for a bit, and we were supposed to go to Algonquin, do some trip, I forget. And then it was heat wave, deer flies are bad. I went, you know what? Forget it. The, the night before, forget it. We're Pack a toque and a better sleeping bag. We're going to Superior. And she goes, where's that? She's never been, right? And she goes, I don't need it to because the heat wave. You will on Lake Superior. Yeah. And we, we had an amazing, amazing trip because it was cool, misty, big, majestic, just awestruck every morning. You can't believe you're even there. Uh, if you've never experienced Lake Superior, Clarny, if you haven't experienced that, just don't go on a long weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Superior but, yeah. sunsets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a, it, I can't believe we're living in this province. I, I mean, I, I going to uh, to Wales last fall. I told you the story before. It's a classy one. Was I'm presenting, and I'm one of the keynote speakers. And there was a young guy before me, and he was talking about this trip he did in Wales. I think uh, the Dee River, I think he pal. And I remember him saying, "He goes, oh, it was so beautiful. I didn't see anybody for 20 minutes." Twenty minutes. Yeah. Where are you living? Twenty minutes. And so I, you know, I, I didn't say anything. I, and then I got up and I started presenting on the, the, you know, the top routes of Ontario. And I was talking about. It. And then so someone said, "Well, what's the longest trip you've done where you haven't seen anybody?" I went, "Well, I remember starting on the top end of Wabakimi, going through Wabakimi, down the Kafka, out to the north shore of, of uh, Lake Nipigon, and I was out for five weeks, and I saw no one except the people I was paddling with." And they could not fathom that in their mind. They could not fathom that you could actually travel in a wild area. And I don't, in the United States, you couldn't do that. No. In the UK, you can't do that. So we have to remind ourselves. And actually, when they start knocking and destroying wilderness, we need to stop them. Canoeists need to stop them because if I can stand on, on a stage in the UK and just have them drop their jaws saying you can do that in your country we need to keep that up oh we definitely do we definitely do because i mean right now even like when i first started getting into canoe tripping what 35 years ago now algonquin park you had to go one lake in and you wouldn't see anybody exactly yeah now now it's three portages at, at least at least and they're and just the amount of people so I, it's being pushed for Killarney. Good luck getting a spot in Killarney if oh, you're not on that button first yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Uh, Tomogamy now, you're, I mean, everything's creeping up. So pretty soon it's going to be, yeah, we're going to Moosonita. <laughs> 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 to not see anybody, you know? So yeah, we, we definitely got to stop that. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's a recreational resource we can't afford to lose. Exactly. Well, it's a resource that people forget about that we actually have. I mean, it's the idea of willingness, a true willingness, mm-hmm. where Canada has. And we can lose it really quickly because, you know, because of necessity, because of greed, because of, um, you know, uh, self-interest, whatever. But um, at the end of the time, uh, Kirk Whipper told me, you got you got to write these guidebooks to get people out there to realize what we have or we're going to lose it. Because if they don't go out there, they have no clue. Well, and you've been writing the guidebooks, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, like we say, your latest one here is 70 top canoes. Now, I went online onto eBay 
to check out your 50 and your 60. And you can get a good, because if you go to, to Amazon, they list, well, here's a price for a brand new one, and here's if you want it on Kindle, and here's a good used copy. Your a good used copy of the seventy roots is eighty eight bucks. I mean, it's brand new. <laughs> well, wait a minute, I gotta go. I gotta go turn my Cadillac off. Uh, <laughs> who's who's selling these already? For one, thing. I know, right? Number two, yeah. if I can get a new one for like thirty five bucks, I'm not buying Why a used, buying used one, one yeah. for eighty eight. Yeah. Don't trust those sites. Uh, so let everybody know. Don't trust those sites. Uh, I, even the Lost Canoe book you can buy for two hundred now. I don't even know if you're going to get that book. Yeah. You might get a. a so the problem. Uh, so all my guidebooks aren't on um, e-reader and stuff of like that, uh, which is a problem. But the but the publisher decided not to because it's so easy to steal that information. Yeah. So so my once around a Gonquin book, um, someone bought and they said, hey, you know, I bought this book uh, off you and. No, um, it's missing pages and missing chapters. I went, you didn't buy it off me and you didn't buy it off Amazon or chapters or Kenny Outdoor Equipment Store. You bought it off somewhere. Uh, yeah. And I went, well, you know what someone's done. It's a digital format. And then they found that format and then they mocked the book and they were selling it on their own. People do that? Yes, a yeah. lot. So, yeah, don't buy those books. Okay. Because I was going to say, your 70 roots is going for 88. Your 50 roots is going for 96. You know why, though? Because, <laughs> because, because now people are saying, oh, I, I can't get the old 50 because the new 70 is out, so therefore, and then people out there that are not really ethical are using that to the advantage, and it's like the Lost Canary books. Everybody can't find it. They're like, please, Kevin, I can't find it. I went, I can't help you, but don't buy the ones that are $200 on eBay. I, I, you, you might get one. Well, who would buy $200 for that? Um, and hopefully I'll do that. Now, I'm really pushing Brad Jennings to finish his Lost Canoe book. I, that's he's mm-hmm. been working on that for years. So um, hopefully he'll he'll come out with that book. I also talked to Hat Wilson. Uh, what he's done with the publishers, uh, he works with the same publisher, Firefly. He's bought a couple of his book rights off the publisher that that they wouldn't reprint. So in. I I, I I don't quote me on this, but I'm ho- hoping to buy the Lost Canary book off Firefly and then reprint it, self-publish it. So right, um, and add to it. Yeah. Well, all I know is apparently your top sixty isn't as good because you can get that for thirty three bucks used. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> you go from from a hundred bucks to thirty three bucks. What happened, it's, Kevin? It's, the spell, it's spelling mistakes. There's lots of spelling mistakes my, in it. Must, my, the arrows all point the wrong way. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, you know book. what, though? Go to, just go to, a, a, to buy a book. Um, yes, Amazon is great. Chapters is great. You know what? No, Amazon's not great, uh, but it is the best way to get a book, whatever. But I would go to a, a small bookstore. Uh, I always believe in them. Kenny Outdoor Equipment has mm-hmm. all my books. Uh, I know Tim. I pal with him. He's a good friend of mine. So if I want to see anybody going to anybody. Uh, it, it would be someone that I know. But also go to the library. You don't have to buy a book. Uh, oh, but they hate it up. when you steal them. 
<laughs> you know what, though? A lot of my guidebooks, uh, the local libraries, they're all under lock and key. And I, I went to the local store, library the other day, and I went, hey, what's up with that? And they go, yeah, the last book, the College Country Canoe Root book, came back uh, wet. Because oh, someone took it on the canoe trip with them, and <laughs> I guess they dumped in the water. I don't know. So we're not allowing that anymore. They, they can't leave with that book. So, you know what, I, and I, as a writer, I should never say this, go to the library, go to the photo, photocopier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, that's how, I will photocopy certain pages for you at a dollar a piece and mail them to you. See, there's extra money for you, Kevin. All you got to do is invest oh, yeah. in a good photocopier. <laughs> yeah, I'm just rolling in, I'm rolling in cash. Rolling in dough, let me tell you. I got to say, as you know, I don't make a lot of money, 8% royalty in, in, in Canada. And I, I, my, in my heyday, I made I made probably 10000 a year on books uh, in my heyday, like when, I, when things were going well. Uh, now I have to chase it all because um, they, they don't pay the bills that much because you know, publishing is not going really well. But... I had a blast, and I still am having a blast. I would never, ever second guess what I did uh, writing those books. I did it for the right reason. I know I did, um, and I, I went on amazing trips. And I know people even thought, you know, uh, thought my wife left me because I was never home because I was writing books. That was not the case at all. Mm-hmm. That was, there was some other issue, whatever, that I, I still can't figure out, but it was that wasn't an issue. So, yeah, um, yeah. Well, we've, we've said it many times here. You told us right at the get-go, if we're getting into this podcast to make money, we might as well not I go know. past episode one. <laughs> Man, were you right? <laughs> <laughs> Our multi-dollar empire. I know, right? All right. Craft dinner next week, boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good book, Kevin. I, I've really enjoyed it. I was looking, I've already been looking at a couple of the roots in this one to to check out and Derek hasn't been though because you know he doesn't <laughs> read but oh speaking of Abitibi River open right to it uh, other than that any big plans for this like I know I know you're going to the Mississippi any other big plans for the summer yeah I, I got a lot of plans for summer because now it's it's kind of like free for all um, so I'm going to Algonquin in, next week with my buddies uh, Tim Mike and uh, Ashley Speedo Man oh my God, there was a freaking gigantic spider that just went over my foot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be Philip. Oh. oh, it's a different one. I'll call him George. Anyway, yeah, I'm doing that, but then I'm going to Mississippi. But then also, um, Christine and I are doing uh, actually a campground tour because she's a more of a campground uh, camper. And, you know, we always have to use, you know, we can't do everything what we all want to do, right? So. So we're we're doing a, a southeastern tour. So we're going to Charlotte Lake, uh, Driftwood, Bonnechere, a bunch of other parks. And uh, she's organizing that. She's really good at it. We're doing that. And then her and I are also doing some other canoe trips. I'm doing circumnavigating a bunch of big lakes in uh, Algonquin, like the Cedar Lake and Kiosk. We're doing that with her and the dog. Her dog's getting a little old, so we can't really do a lot of portaging with her, with him, um, or me. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, then in August, I got a really big trip with, uh, Ray Goodwin, him and his family are arriving from, from Wales. Right. So I owe, I owe him big time because he's always taken me on a trip when I went there. So now he's coming here. So I said, no problem, but you guys will laugh. He goes, okay, Kevin, I would like an eight day trip with the family in mid August in Clarney park. 
can you make that happen? I went, no. (laughs) 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 And I tried to book. I actually went online, tried to book sites, but no way. There's no way. And um, so I'm taking him to Chinacucci. Don't tell him. Right on. I'm taking him to Chinacucci because he won't know the difference. I'll tell him we're in Killarney the entire time. He won't know. (laughs) Ooh, that's not going to go over well. (laughs) Oh, it's terrible. And the other other thing that's happening is is kind of exciting, too. This is the 10th year, the 10th anniversary. So Andy is taking me somewhere. This is last year. He's taking me somewhere where I don't know. And is late season. We're going, and um, I don't know where the heck we're going. He's got me mystified. Uh, we're flying in somewhere because uh, uh, he said something about. Well, you know what? No, I don't know because he was probably messing with my head too. But yeah, so so ten years ago we did the Minus Link, and he hated the trip, and he had me sign a piece of paper saying I'm not allowed to plan any trip with him and I for ten years. And he's blindfolded me. And actually, there's some good trips. Again, I, he's picked pick, pick me up. And no camera, no writing, no nothing. We just go. And uh, it's always his thing. I went, I, I'm good for that. That's great. So, you know, the, the whole thing, going back to what Marty said, it's like, well, Marty, I, I don't document every single thing I go. I don't mm-hmm. do a YouTube video on every single thing I do. Um, if I did, my God, I don't know. What, um, but uh, so he's doing that. But I, it's epic because this is the tenth year, and also it's we both turned sixty. So we we did the meanest link when we turned fifty. I do know that we're not going to portage a lot because he is opposed to that. So I don't know. Maybe maybe, not. maybe he's going to surprise you. And do the meanest link again <laughs> with Sherpas. Yeah. He, he will never set foot on the meanest link ever again. Ever. He's going to be like, carried no. across every portage in a chair. <laughs> if, if I even say meanest link, he'll throw up. <laughs> <laughs> he produces a bat out of nowhere. <laughs> And that's uh, what, like September or late in the year? Uh, yeah, well, we're we're really busy through the season doing other stuff. So uh, I probably it's the just before I start teaching again. So probably yeah, early September, which is pr- my favorite time to go out. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. See, I'm, but if I'm we're going to far north, I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't know how far. Like I know it, it's not going to be some southern Ontario trip. I, yeah. I, it's going to be somewhere where, yeah. Well, I've gone up. I mean. I've done the trips up to Moosonee by mid-October, and it's still pretty nice. I mean, you're, yeah. you're you're cutting it close, but, you know, and if you're going to see the, the fall colors and stuff, you've totally missed it that far <laughs> up. But. No, no, it's frozen. I've, I've, we've always wanted to do the Winisk River because I'm a brook trout angler and stuff like that, but yeah. um, we tried to do that a couple of years ago, but the, the outfitters up there that fly you in, they don't like canoeists. They, they don't make money off canoeists, and so they'll jack the price up that you can't even afford to go. They just want anglers and fly anglers. They, they, it's almost like a mini mafia up there, to be quite honest. Oh, try uh, getting into Banks Island. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's one of our bucket list places to go, up to, like, Olivik uh, Provincial Park. Up on Banks oh, Island. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 $26,000 back when we first checked on it five, yeah. six years ago. Come on, six forty nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that well, I was weird. I, I, I don't do canoe trips for that. Like, like everybody goes, I, they can't believe I haven't done the Nahani. And I would love to do the Nahani, but most people do the Nahani so they can say, "Well, I did Everest, right?" Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, so I'd rather do the Chinookichi Sturgeon River trip ten times over instead of doing the yeah. Nahani, right? So, well, because I can afford it. I mean, we look at the Banks Island because there's there's it's total different ecosystem. There's history up there, uh, different wildlife up there. You can't have fires because there's nothing to burn. You know, it's a total different type of trip. So yeah, yeah, I, I know people do like you say the Nahani, the Yukon, just to say they did it. And it's like no, no, I I'm going to hit a river that is different. And that, that's yeah. why, yeah, that's why I, I chose uh, Banks Island. But yeah, <laughs> I, can't, I just can't. Yeah, go. The, mount, the Mountain River. I, I, I would, I would say the Mountain River would be on my list if I could do that. Mm-hmm. And also, um, what's the one in uh, Labrador, Newfoundland? Uh, no, Labrador, Quebec. That's the east of uh, Eastern Nahani. Oh gosh, I forget. Anyway, there are lots of rivers. I, I, I some guy came up to the other day and. Um, not knocking anything at all. I just have a weird sense of humor. I have no life. Um, he comes up to me. He goes, Kevin, I'm doing the Nahani this year. And I went, oh, well, make sure you're wearing your Tilly hat. And he goes, why? I went, well, you can't paddle the Nahani without a Tilly hat. Oh, I never thought of that, Kevin. I just, I was. <laughs> <laughs> you should have listed off like special underwear you need. And- <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I, I'll be fine in a Gonquin. I'm fine in a Gonquin. You you do the Nahani in your chili hat. Yeah, you know what? I've I've I like Algonquin. Um, there's a lot of places. I mean, that's where I cut my teeth on canoe tripping with yeah, Algonquin. It's just too many people now. You know, if it, it, it just sort of ruined. but I, I, and again, I've done so much of it. Now I'm just moving farther north, farther and farther north. Now Tomogamy's my new. Algonquin. Well, right now, people that are starting out aren't going to drive that far, but mm-hmm. Algonquin still is okay if you if you know the spots. I mean, get away from the weekend warriors and not knocking them at all. I think that that's what you do. But if if you go into you know do the Nipissing, uh, go into uh, Catfish Lake, uh, Burnt yeah. Root, uh, Happy Isle, you don't see a lot of people in there because th- that's difficult to get in, and it's going to be more you know, four or five days to get in there. So the average person now isn't doing that, right? So, and when you see those people, and you will see people, they're kind of like you are. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't knock uh, a Gonquin in one sense. I wouldn't go and do, gosh, I wouldn't go and do uh, uh, Canoe Lake up into uh, Tom Thompson. And Ooh, I wouldn't do Rock Lake to Clydesdale uh, on a long weekend. Um, no, I, I would still do. I mean, we all, we, yeah, you yeah. do those off season. When all the kids yeah. are back in school. Yep, in September. <laughs> Go September. I, last weekend, uh, Andy and I went to a Crown Land spot I know north of here, and I had my blue canoe on. And when I pulled up along the side of the road, someone pulled up beside me, and this has happened more than once to me. And I went, went up to him and I went, and, uh, can I help you? Yeah, I just want to know where you're going today, Kevin. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to tell you. And then I got in the car and I started driving. And Andy goes, "Well, we're supposed to get out here now. No, we're no, we're not right now. <laughs> we're going to keep driving because they now know our spot." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the trials and tribulations. <laughs> so. Terrible. My life is hell. 
Oh, isn't it though? Um, anything else you want to cover on your new book or anything else for that matter? No, uh, except I have three new books in my head right now and wow. maybe I'll, I'll throw them out and you tell me which one I should write. Yes. So one is um, a, a book about, uh, well, it's called Wilderness Wanderers, Hermits, and Visionaries. So it's uh, it's a, every chapter is about people throughout the history of time that have gone to the wilderness for particular reasons and why. Interesting. Uh, whether it be Sigurd Olsen, um, um, Mason. and also back in the day, remember the, um, the rich guy that went to the Guineas uh, and they, th- they thought he drowned, but they ended up, he joined the tribe to live with them. Um, Dr. Oh. Livingston? Roosevelt. Ro- Ro- Roosevelt's son. Yeah, Roosevelt. Oh, oh, no, I don't think I, I heard that. Yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. Uh, for years. And they tried to hide it, um, the whole thing. But there was a photo or video of a bunch of the the headhunters going up this river. And there's a white guy um, pulling the, the canoe, too. And this is after they all said, well, he drowned or it was eaten by the, the um, cannibals. And no, he joined the tribe because he didn't like the life of being a rich person. So. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's That's a cool book. Cool, um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then the other one is uh, um, Camp Critters of the Northern Forest. So it's all about uh, what I teach, actually, I, about certain species. I teach ID, right, about birds and fish and whatever, herb tiles. And then all about the unique things. That, but then I'm thinking, oh, that might be boring to a lot of people, not to me. And the other is... Um, for the love of a lake, so I uh, thirty chapters on each one on a particular lake I've camped on that I really like and the history of that lake. So what happened on that lake? If you if you tied those lakes into these canoe routes, <laughs> now you don't want to cross right? over. I don't know See? if you want to cross. You know what happened? It's like no, a crossover what... series. Like yeah, Marvel. you know what happened though. Like... Yeah, Sean, you're right, though, because what happened was um, Andy, we joked around once at the campsite saying I should write a guidebook on, you know, portageless canoe routes. And everybody heard that. They thought it was a great idea. And I went to my publisher. and They're like, no. And I could self-publish that. But when it comes down to guidebooks, it's really expensive to, to self-publish a, a book with maps and photos. Like, yeah, I can lose my shirt on that. So Love of the Lake kind of does that because I could have a map of that lake. And then talk about my time and the history, like Pagasmi Lake on on the near the Spanish River. Pagasmi Lake has immense history on that lake, and I love that lake. But the history that happened on that lake is incredible. So, and you can find that on page such and such <laughs> of my book. <laughs> see, 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 I'm there for you, Kevin. I am there. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Well, it's, always, it's always a healthy thing for a writer to actually talk about what they're doing next as opposed to what they just did. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that keeps you going, right? I mean, if, if you you write this book, you, you, you live off of this one, enjoying it and passing it around. And then eventually, I mean, where I work is, well, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. Uh. You know, like, dude, I just got you this massive job out on time. Your client is ecstatic. You're happy. That's what I did. For, yeah, but we've done that now. So what are you going to do for me next? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
The most beautiful thing about, uh, well, the worst thing ever about working for yourself is you never have any money, but the worst thing or the best thing is I, I can only answer that to myself. Right? Yeah. It, it, you've only got one person to answer to. Yeah. And, and I do argue with myself all the time. Like, you're an idiot. You're just an idiot. As what long as you're thinking, not punching Kevin? yourself in the face. <laughs> oh, I've done that. I've stopped myself silly. <laughs> but you know what? Why were you on Sean and Derek's show again, Callan? What were you thinking? Slap, slap, slap. <laughs> Derek, why'd you invite him again? Slap. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on and talking about this, about your book. Thank yes. you. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's awesome. You. It really is. Yeah, I, I, You're going to have to come on again. I got to say, I love your show. I, I, I do a lot of traveling. And I listen to you guys, and you, you both are really great together because, Sean, you go on and on more than I. Oh, my God, you never shut up. <laughs> yes. and, uh, uh, but Derek actually you know, sews it all together. And, but I like your show uh, because the information, you keep it continual. I, there's a lot of stuff I didn't know about the canoe world, and I I'm kept up the top of it. So. But I'll listen to your show. I, go, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Well, see, yeah. now we're just going to start making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet you Kevin doesn't know about this because it doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, we have fun, Kevin. We, we enjoy doing it. When it's educational for us as much as, as anybody else. Um, speaking of education, before we let you go, and speaking of... Oh, this is such a great segue. Okay. The Mississippi River. Oh. The real Mississippi River, not the not the Canadian version. Yeah. <laughs> not the Sixty Pants Canadian side. MississippiSpeedRecord.com. One of our listeners, David uh, Chanteau, he's he's passed the little things off to us uh, over the, uh, the years. Uh, he sent us a little message. I didn't realize it. Apparently, there's another attempt at the world record for fastest time down the Mississippi River, and it's happening already. They started May 10th. What's the current record? I think it's like 19 days or something like that. Yeah. How, would, and now how, how fast did Greybeard do it? But he's old. I know, but how fast yeah, did I don't he know. do it? I, he, he didn't do a record. He, oh, I don't think he... Except for age. Uh, age. He didn't yeah, age record. Yeah, he was going to do it for time, but so I, I think he didn't. 19 days? I think 19 days is the... So there's a few failed attempts over COVID. Yeah. And, uh, well, one of the guys is Scott Miller, I believe his name. He's he. They ended up having to pull out because things were just not going going right. Bad weather. And yeah, but if you go to MississippiSpeedRecord.com, you can find out all about the team trying for the record this year. And like I say, it's happening right now. There's a link to their GPS page so you can follow along where they are. And l I checked yesterday, and they were it looked like they were two days ahead already. Yeah, they're like seven days in. Yeah, but you but as you go. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Of course, sometimes you know that's when things start to slow down. Yeah. So yeah. that two days ahead now could be a day behind. Yeah. In, in a week exactly. and a half. Exactly. Like time, you, right? you guys on the Brent run, it was like, oh, we're going to beat the rest best record. And then we and found then the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a list of, of, uh, their projected locations. So they said, you know, day one, we, we, we want to make it to here. Day two. They also said day one, they're going, they're paddling from 6am to like five or something. But every day they're going from like six in the morning to yeah, midnight or dark something. Dark till dark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're paddling full on days. Mm -hmm. They also have a, uh, links to all their social media sites for pics and videos that you can check out. 
And they have a film crew tagging along. Um, it's the same film crew that filmed Dale Sanders, Greybeard, yeah. on his trip down the Mississippi. Uh, we'll post a link to, uh, like I say, Mississippi Record yeah. Speed, MississippiSpeedRecord.com. We'll post that on our um, social media there yeah. so people can just click right on that and, and take a peek. So that's all that's going on here. So speaking of Mississippi, are you going to do the speed record there? <laughs> well, I think this is really funny. I, I, I'll do the Mississippi in southeastern Ontario, and then I'll put it into the contest, and they'll say, well, you you don't apply. What You never said it had to be the one. Right? In the, in the US. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think it actually says. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mind you, they do say there is a starting point. Yes. And a finishing point. Oh, okay. And you didn't meet either one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you start at that one, and then you drive to the one in Ontario. <laughs> then you do that one, and then you drive to the end of the Mississippi one in the Gulf. Yeah, there you go. He didn't specify. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be, that'd be hilarious. That'd be hilarious. Technicality. Oh, I'm looking forward to it because um, I'm going to start off at the, the high cliff at Bon Echo. Like uh, I mm-hmm. go up the cliff and look out to the landscape you're going to go and do and go through some really small hamlets and some crown land and and uh, some weird stuff. It's going to be weird. It's like when I did the Thames River, I don't know if you remember that, but it, everybody mocked me for that. I did the Thames River in southwestern Ontario. You know, I, I call it the respectable ditch. Um, but <laughs> I had a blast because it's, it's trying to find a campsite, and I find that interesting. So so on the Thames, the one night, the second night, I was in London. I, I booked a really expensive bed and breakfast, and I put the tent on the, the bed and ordered a pizza. And it was hilarious. And so <laughs> my third night, no, fourth night on the Mississippi, I booked a bed and breakfast. No, so, yeah, an Airbnb. It's a treehouse. Oh, oh nice. right. Yeah. And I contacted the guy and he goes, you Kevin Callum from CBC radio with the happy camera. Yeah. And he goes free for charge. No problem. Oh. Uh, See, that's a benefit the of this thing. eh? Well, uh, I'm rich and famous. You know, this happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're famous anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you see the picture I posted on social media of the, uh, the uh, scotch bottles I gathered through my tour, my speaking tour. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw that. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> and a couple of them were already drank, so they weren't in the picture. <laughs> and I didn't have to smuggle any across the border for you either. Yeah. No, you didn't, actually. Yeah. I, I got most of them in Michigan, actually. Right. Oh, no, 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 you drove in Michigan. Oh, maybe yeah. I had more than you thought. Then there was Wisconsin. Yeah. You brought some back from Wisconsin because you drove there this yeah, year. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, it's hell. It's hell being the happy oh, camper. I tell you, all we get <laughs> oh, is beer. Oh. And people we're, people and we're just bring us beer, and we're grateful for it. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, I know it's it's hard. This is difficult. Oh. It was uh, what was it? Uh, I went to book the uh, uh, bed and breakfast in Elmont because there's no place I could find in Elmont, right? Um, and there was bed and breakfast, and it was like friggin' like four hundred dollars a night, whatever. And you had to spend three nights there. You couldn't spend Oof. one night. And uh, some pallor um, on social media sends me a private message. A friend of mine lives down the road. You can camp in his pine plantation. I went, okay, that sounds good to me. So I found out his address, and the guy is like, he's got a mansion. And yeah. So uh, he's in his pool? No, but he has a forest that we're camping in. And he's he goes, yeah, I'll come down to visit and I'll bring the scotch. <laughs> right on. Wow! See, it's trip. It's trip. It's tough. It's gonna be tough, right? Wow! 
I don't know if he can handle that. If you need <laughs> any help. That, a, yeah, yeah, if you need was, help. Was, we, I, <laughs> was it Martin? Uh, I, I phoned a campground my second, no, my last night. There was a campground, and I found the campground, so I phoned them. And, of course, it's an RV campground. It's been there since the 70s. And, you know, he's like, well, no, we don't have tenters, say, here. I, and we're full up. We don't need any more business. And, and uh, he goes, wait a minute. You're the happy camper from CBC? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll find a spot for you. Uh, are you okay pooping in a, in a privy? I went, yep. Good. We're good. And, yeah, I'll come and visit you. And, we, and I went, good. And I told uh, Andy, and he goes, how do you find these spots? You know, I'm a very popular person. You know, My question <laughs> is, who listens to CBC? I know. <laughs> right. I, that's not on Spotify, is it? Oh. 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 CBC, Sirius Satellite Radio. <laughs> that's, that's, a good, that's a good point. You got a good point. There. Right? Right? Wait a minute. AM. What's it? Is that on the AM dial? What's this AM radio? I thought that was a myth grandpappy told me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like uh, you're going to have a good trip there. And uh, like I say, hopefully this, this uh, top selling 70 canoe routes keeps on selling for you and everybody gets out there and enjoys it. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad it's out. I'm glad people are buying it because that means everybody's going out there. See? That's what it's all about. Well, yeah. thanks for coming on there, uh, Kevin. Yes, thanks. Appreciate it very much. Oh, and and, and Derek, yes. the love of you know, just like stop talking. You went on and on tonight. I know, I know. Right? I'm out of control. It's hard to get it worded edgewise. He was he was thinking about getting home and reading the book. <laughs> I was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing a book called Lies About Derek Reading <laughs> <laughs> and Other Myths. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on here, Kevin. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Ah, we're trying. At least my wife always says, you're trying. My patience. <laughs> you're very trying. Uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream our episodes at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Or you can just go to paddlingadventuresradio.com, go to the episode page, and you can listen or download all our episodes there. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with family, friends, and fellow paddlers. I'd like to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>